This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. With me today is Father Dan Schwartz. So, Father, um, you began to um, to tell us about your um, your time in Afghanistan, and yeah. you're just getting ready to go there from Kuwait. Um, before we do that, you did do some time in Iraq. Um, I did before yeah. that. Was uh, it f- fairly stable at that point? Uh, that was at the embassy. I did get stuck there for a bit because um, it doesn't really make the news, but there are rocket strikes and um, they're actually getting quite sophisticated because they're using drones. Mm. Uh, they're uh, equipping drones with um, explosive charges or they, they do it kind of test defensive systems. And the embassy is built like a fortress. Uh, so none of them really got anything significantly close, but it's, it's you got to keep an eye on these things, and that's why that's why you have a good contingent of Marines. I believe I think it's Army has the mission now. I'm not mm. sure um, in that regard, but it's uh, whoever the military service members are. Like you have to keep a good eye because there's while there is a general stability about it, like there's still a lot of active groups that uh, are seeking to destabilize um, destabilize that whole situation. Uh, so it, it can be it can be rather tense at moments. Mm. Yep. So you um, you go to Afghanistan, um, and there's sort of the chaos in the airport. You suspect, you know, I mean, your gut instinct was right that they're going to be sending you guys. Oh yeah. And you're there. Um, so they're using they they're sending out non-lethal as well as the chaplain, <laughs> presumably to calm, maybe it's, to work with it with is, those athletes. Um, it's also it's also kind of um it it, it was also uh, one of the courses of action we would say a coa. Of like, hey, you're gonna deal because right now, what's clear at the airport is people are panicking. They're having a hard time controlling the crowds, and you see them. They're just kind of moving over the airfields, and they, it looks like a liquid. It's crazy. If you ever seen like World War Z or a zombie movie, I've never seen people move like that. Mm. Um, just where they looked like a solid mass that almost had its own kind of crowd or hive mentality mm. to it. It was crazy. Um, with that, these are not combatants. Um, these are not these are not the enemy. In fact, mm-hmm. there's a lot of American citizens, passport holders, visa holders, green card holders within that crowd getting mixed in with other, with people who are otherwise just panicking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult because there's also a lot of cultural barriers. They're not just Afghanistan. Like Afghanistan is not a unified culture like America. You have Uzbeks, you have Mongols, you have Pashtun people speaking Urdu and different types of um, Arabic, and and so it's also the crowds not unified in themselves. Mm. Uh, so it's not just you know, let's all do this. No, it's, it's different groups and families. And uh, so how do you sort out that situation? There has to be some kind of establishment of order. The difficulty was, yeah, initially kind of getting those non-lethals in uh, just because of limited space. And we didn't even drop any vehicles in. Um, It was basically whatever you could carry. Hmm. Um, (laughs) And then even then. uh, And so, yeah, we, we, we dropped into Afghanistan uh, and because we had to go around Iranian airspace, there's something of a blackout of information. So we're landing, and we and the doors coming down, and our guys like they were ready to go. They had um, full clips loaded, one in the chamber, safety's off. Mm. Um, it's and you know there you are as the chaplain standing among your guys, and it's really kind of surreal. It's like a Save It Private Ryan kind of scene, mm. and the ramps dropping, and you have no idea what's on the other side of that ramp. Um, but another Marine met us there and like, cool, let's get you guys situated. Here's, and we're like, okay, this is, 
This is a much more stable situation, which is weird to say about Kabul, Afghanistan, mm -hmm. than what we anticipated. Um, but then also kind of learning what was going on outside of the gates, even inside. It's like if you had taken a can of concentrated chaos and just popped the top off and then just dumped that onto one city, that was Kabul. Um, the guys kind of joked about it. It was a mix between like Mad Max, Borderlands, and GTA Five, heavily <laughs> heavily modded. Uh, <laughs> if that puts it in perspective, it, and it's I don't mean to be flippant or candid, but the humor is how we processed out yeah, there. Yeah, um, we always just called we always just called our time in Afghanistan like just the worst layover ever. <laughs> As I was joking with the guys at one point. Um, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I hate this. And of course they're looking at me cause like the chaplain doesn't talk that way. Like father. And, uh, cause they get, they call you chaps or padre or father. They, they actually being a priest, they got used to calling me even the non-Catholics, which is pretty cool. And it's just like, father, what are you talking about? He's like, I hate waiting at the airport. This is an airport. Like, even though it was our mission, I'm like, they have me waiting at an airport for a flight out for more than a week. This is, I've been tricked by the military and doing the very thing. I dislike the most <laughs> like, and they're laughing and it's, it's, uh, but you have to, you have to use those kind of moments um, because it's, it can be cathartic and it's, it's good for the soul for them to, to release that tension. Uh, but it's to see the gates. Um, uh, Cause I, I went wherever our guys did and I would make my laps of their positions daily, uh, sometimes a couple of times through the day uh, through a couple of main different areas. One where they were housed. Cause that's where you kind of catch them when they're, coming off shift. And some of them were on shift for over uh, 72 hours at a time, um, which took a huge toll on the body. But on average, I think our guys lost all of them, 15 to 20 pounds, like myself included. It's not because they're not getting calories or food. It's just for how much output, how much mm -hmm. caloric burn that is going on. It was incredible. Um, and uh, so there, you try to catch them at the sleeping areas. There was the uh, what we would call the PAX terminal where the families were uh, in the final stage of kind of being sorted. And uh, that's when they were getting on the planes, which was good that they were rotating people through there because the gates can be exhausting and they needed to see families getting on planes and smiling and, you know, heading out of Afghanistan. Uh, that was good to see because the, the aircraft were just nonstop coming in and out. Uh, it was crazy. Helicopters always up all the time. Um, shots, uh, probably every couple of minutes. You just get used to it to the point where you can identify what country just shot by the sound of the weapon. Mm. Um, warning shots. It's not like there's firefights erupting or anything like that. Um, and when you're down at the gates, like it was just a sea of people. Um, and they're, they're, they're packed in and uh, they have their paperwork and there's multiple languages. Uh, some of them had drawn flags uh, trying to get the attention of different countries. Because it wasn't just us that were there. It was all of NATO. Uh, we were working very closely with the British, uh, who were probably the second largest force that were there. Uh, Canadians were there, German commandos. Um, the Cavanieri from the Italians, their, their paramilitary were there. Um, the first Tescasiana. Um, who else? Um, the Aussies were there. Uh, South Africa, Azerbaijan, the Turks, um, the Finns, the Swedes, uh, the French. Um, Belgium was there for a hot second. Uh, the Danes, uh, it was, it was crazy. Mm. Um, yeah, you could, you could tell really fast who was in NATO because all the countries were represented. The Japanese were there for a bit. We didn't know why they were there. They didn't seem to know why they were there, but the the Japanese were there too. Um, yeah, it was just, it, it was this big gathering and you just see all the different uniforms mm. and you learn to interact with them as well. Uh, cause there was things that they could help us out with. We were trading meals with the Brits cause ours, I guess, 
tasted better to them. Uh, I thought theirs were a lot better. Yeah, uh, well, you know, British cuisine, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were fantastic to work with. I think one of our greatest partners there were the Brits. Um, so you were there in the last days. Yes. Yeah. Um, including when there was a bombing there. Yeah, that was um, that was a hard day. We were getting ready to actually leave that position. We were handing it over to a, an army unit, and that bombing happened to happen that day. Um, and so my guys were, uh, of the 13 killed, 10 were mine. Um, those were men that I had known personally. Uh, and they're, most of them were Golf Company. Uh, Golf Company was, was based in Jordan. And so when I was in Jordan, when I did my battlefield rotations, uh, we do what we call MWR uh, trips, which is basically like, hey, you're in another country. Let's get you something of a field trip, maybe something cultural, you know, try different food. So that way they're not just sitting there on a U.S. military base mm -hmm. in another country, not like, hey, were you in Jordan? Yeah, but I didn't actually see Jordan, you know. It's so what I did is I took them uh, to the baptismal site. Uh, I took them to the um, to the baptism site of our Lord on the Jordanian side, and then we would go to uh, the Dead Sea afterwards. Oh, excuse me. Then they would have a choice like, hey, are you really itching for, like, American food? Because we can find a place. Or do you want to try something a little more Jordanian? Um, so to see, and they kind of split. Some groups mm -hmm. were like, oh my gosh, I need a burger. And other ones like, you know what? I want to try something a little different. Um, so it was cool to kind of see which group mm. picked what. Uh, and then we would go to the Dead Sea, which is kind of novel. And then they, you know, they'd get into the water and of course the buoyancy is all off and the salt content and these crystals forming right in the sand. So mm. it's, it's a really unique place in the world, but, um, you'd see them come alive for different reasons. You get to see, a, um, their faith really kind of come out for some of the Marines or just the interest in faith for those that might not have had a faith life. Cause it's the Holy land has a way of just kind of reaching you. Cause it's not just this story or uh, not to downplay scripture at all, kind of important in my life and within the life of the church. It is the word of God, <laughs> but to actually like, this is, he was here. Like you walked here um, 2000 years ago. Like these, these are the waters you sanctified by your presence. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be, it's very powerful for them and, uh, it's incredible. Um, it facilitates that transformation of character when I talk about much better than any way I, mm -hmm. I could possibly plan. Um, and they're coming back and they're talking about it and it's cause it was a long car ride each day. We're, we're going back to back trips and it was probably round trip eight hours. Mm. And I probably went to the river about nine or 10 different times, uh, with these groups. You couldn't take big, the Jordanians didn't want us traveling in big caravans or anything like that. Um, and, uh, to see, to get to know the guys in golf like that. And, um, I was down at the gate, uh, just checking on the guys. Um, and there's some stuff in the water that there might be, there might be the attempt of an attack. Uh, but the gates, the gates had to stay open to get Americans through and, um, other, other, uh, allied, uh, refugees, uh, to continue to be processed. And I just, I saw that everything was secured and the guys were doing their stuff. Like they don't, I would come down and check on them, see if anyone was kind of wavering and you could see it. Like there's a couple of times where you got to pull, like, cause the sergeants and the, in the, in the, um, and the lieutenants would have to keep their guys on the line. So they had to stay there, but they're like, Hey chaps, can you talk to that one? And you, you pull them aside and try to get their mind right for a bit. And sometimes they just needed a break mm -hmm. or sometimes there's like, they're struggling with a moral question. You've been listening to conversations on discipleship. I'm your host, father, Adam Streitenberger. Father Dan Schwartz, um, Captain Dan Schwartz, if he's in the Marines, Lieutenant, if he's we'll, in... We'll go with Lieutenant. That's in the, <laughs> that's in the future. Uh, has been with us. <laughs> Until next time, peace and all good.
a Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.